enjoy watching or that you see fans enjoy? And just for people who've never been, what this experience is like. I like seeing them goof around because they're going to goof around. This is not particularly serious. It'll probably last about 30 to 45 minutes. I don't think you'll, well, especially today, you won't see anybody breaking a sweat. <laughs> They'll do some basic stuff. I think they, I might not be today, but I think they generally practice one or two trick plays. If you've seen any Pro Bowls, you know, the coaches like to have a little fun and practice some trick plays. Right. And like last year, Mike Evans going in on defense and getting yeah. an interception, right? So that was cool. So yes. it's that, you know, we got Shaq here and it's his first. So it'll be interesting to watch him interacting with the guys in his group. I, I remember every time we were here with Gerald McCoy, he always seemed to have such a good time with guys like Fletcher Cox and right. guys that are here a lot because Gerald came six times. So uh, it's the first time for Shaq. Hopefully he's really going to enjoy it. Yeah, he seems like the kind of personality that would, for sure. Yeah. Um, so what are the things that we maybe hope to see from him in particular of, for this experience of not only being the first, but, you know, to have somebody like him that is such a dynamic pass rusher? How, how much do you think we're going to be able yeah. to see? Because I know a lot of times guys take it kind of easy yeah. in the game. Uh, nobody wants to hurt anybody, first of all. So, um, you know, I think Shaq will probably get more out of the week necessarily the three hours of the game. He's going to do the skills challenge, right? That'll be fun. Yep. Um, I, I think they would all had a lot more fun if his two teammates could have made it. You know, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin very deservedly earned Pro Bowl bursts, and it would have been the first one for Chris. And I think I heard he, he really wanted to be here. It's a shame that he couldn't make it back from his hamstring injury in time. But um, so they'd probably have even more fun if they were all here. But I think right. Shaq will have a good time. He's a, He's got a nice outgoing personality and he's going to enjoy his first time here in the game itself i would say that most of the times i go into pro bowl saying the pass rushers generally aren't a big part of the overall equation because they're not always going full speed right and nobody wants to hurt anybody um but a couple of years ago i said that and the the, the nfc defense had a bunch of sacks yeah so you do never know for they're sure they're more gentle so, sacks but they're yeah, sacks but, nonetheless. Yeah, so they so maybe maybe we'll see yeah i think i heard shaq say that he planned on playing that, that he's he, gonna play okay. yeah that i think because it's his first and because of his position i i'm not sure and i'm sure he'll get asked about that we know when the media sessions happen after practice so we can confirm but i think i remember when he was first being talked to okay. about making the pro bowl that he said, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm okay. going to play. Good. I'm going to well, try one, some things. One of the better trends of the Pro Bowl of the last couple of years has been, uh, I think the players, I think there was a lot of criticism about the Pro Bowl uh, because it's becoming more and more or less and less like real football. I remember right. the one, remember when I got to go to Hawaii for that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh -huh. you weren't there? Uh -huh. um, <laughs> that one, I remember, like, there would be running plays, and if they, as soon as the defenders basically got their hands on them they just kind of stopped yeah and that was kind of like a walkthrough yeah that was kind of getting to the peak of this isn't being played like a real football game anymore and since then I think it's trended back towards more real football which is what everybody wants you know you just have to balance nobody wants anybody to get hurt yeah that's a great point and so uh look we were looking at the roster before we came on here and uh decided to kind of check out our division in particular see who all's out here and uh it's a bit of an interesting it's a little lopsided, it's a little lopsided <laughs> over here well and a lot of that has to do with uh, guys pulling out for various reasons. You know, we should have three guys here if, if it wasn't for the injury issues. But then also playoffs and teams making it. It's inevitable the Pro Bowl roster by the time you get here Very is probably different. about 40% different, right? At I'm least. just estimating there. We were looking at the roster. The Saints, I think they had five guys originally voted in, and now there's four more. There's nine Saints on this roster. Ridiculous. Which is insane. Um, so, but it'll be fun for Saints fans. Yeah. You could practically field an entire Saints team at some point if you wanted to. But uh, then there's, I think, two Falcons, Falcons yep. one of which was Grady Jarrett, who was voted in for the first time, like Shaq, well-deserved. And the other one is Austin Hooper, a tight end 
who did, to be honest, has been sort of looking like a Pro Bowl guy the last couple years. He just got derailed for a little while this year by injury, and I think that's why he didn't get the vote right away. But So he's been added. And then we just had the one because of injuries, and I think we saw only one Panther. Mm-hmm. And yep. We didn't see Christian McCaffrey on there. I missed the news about him having to pull out. Yeah, I didn't I'm realize sure, that. I'm sure There's he no was. no way he wasn't voted, right? Right, yeah. So I'm sure that I he think, at some point yeah. had to pull out, which so is they, interesting. Yeah, so they had Trey Turner here. And uh, we were also talking about trying to see if there are any potential free agents that are here, thinking, well, maybe that's at least something kind of fun for Bucks fans to pay attention to. And it's amazing how few there are. Yeah, Shaq being one of them. Yeah, and I think that's sort of an interesting yeah. point to be a Pro Bowl caliber <laughs> player and coming up on your free agency. Kind well, of a rare thing. Yeah, I have a good note about that. Uh, when the Pro Bowl rosters came out, I looked through all of them. Now, this doesn't count people who have been added. I don't know that. But from right. the original guys that were voted in, Shaq was one of only two who were new free agent signings this year with a new team wow. who had never been to a Pro Bowl before and made their first Pro Bowl. Wow. Which, I mean, it's, it's obviously, everybody knows this already, but it's obviously a great, great, great signing, right? Right. Um, but that's what you want. You want to pick the guy who maybe hasn't had the opportunity to fully show what he could do, and then he gets that opportunity and runs with it. And there hasn't been an example much better than Shaq in recent years. Right. 19 and a half sacks. Right, yeah. The funny thing about Shaq is I think somebody asked him after he got his his Pro Bowl, uh, he learned he was in the Pro Bowl, was this a goal for you? And I, I'm pretty sure I remember him saying it was in the locker room at one buck. Um, I, I can't say I was really thinking about Pro Bowl when I got here, but he did say I was thinking about 10 sacks. That mm-hmm. was a goal for him, which he basically did twice. Yeah. So good job on that one, Shaq, <laughs> yeah. right? But yeah, we should all gonna... be so lucky to fulfill our goals in that kind <laughs> of way. times over. Yeah, that's yes. incredible. Um, so now I know we normally are answering questions when we're just back at, you yeah, know, so our normal studios and everything. Yeah. It is, yeah. And so uh, also my hands are frozen, so <laughs> looking at a phone would have been a little challenging. And um, it's bright. And it's very bright. So uh, I know, though, that I'm sure everyone, especially since we brought up all the free agency stuff, is asking about all of the different things with free agents of who we have, who we might sign, how that works. So first of all, let's just kind of go over a little bit of the, the timeline of when people could okay. expect potentially yeah. some news. And then just this time of year, what are some of the big major sort of steps and, and times of the, the next month or two? Yeah, I like that idea. Um, partially because I get questions for mailbags and stuff every week, and I get at least one every week of, is there any update on the quarterback situation? And and I think what we all have to realize is, A, this is a very complicated situation, but B, most of these re-signings, when you re-sign guys that are potential free agents, almost all of them happen within about a week of the start of free agency. And I know that because I recently went back and looked at our transaction list for like the last decade. I'm sure it's not new. If I'd have gone back two decades, it have been the same thing. And year after year, if you see the signings, they're all like, let's say last year I think free agency started on the 14th. The first guy that we re-signed that was a potential free agent was Donovan Smith, and that was March 5th, and that seemed early at the time. Mm-hmm. And then we had other guys that we signed on March 6th and March 8th, and some of them all the way up to the day of free agency. So uh, I would not expect anything at all to happen in terms of re our guys at all in the month of February, to be honest with you. It's possible. It's possible, but I kind of doubt it just from looking back every year. So right. basically, nobody's really going to do any of this until the Super Bowl's over anyway. So right. that's still a couple weeks away. All you really do... All teams really do before the Super Bowl is they sign those reserve futures, which we did and every team did right at the begin, right at the end of last season, mm-hmm. right? Even the teams in the playoffs can do that to make it fair so that they don't have to wait for the end of their season to sign these free agents that are on the street. That's all you're going to see. Now, in February is when you start seeing the guys that teams decide to cut that are still under contract in 2020. But like a couple years ago, Chris Baker, as an example, right. or, or uh, Doug Martin. 
guys that you've decided, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna not gonna continue with that contract. We're gonna release them and let them go. That generally happens in the month of February. So right. that's probably the next thing you're gonna see. And then the next thing you're gonna see is. Uh, towards the end of February and then going to March 10th, there's like a two-week period where teams can choose to use their uh, transition or franchise tag. And I believe the deadline for that is March 10th. And that's when, that's a date that fans should look at when they may n learn something about Jameis Winston mm -hmm. or Shaq Barrett right. as examples. Two guys have been mentioned as possibles that maybe the Bucks. No, not mentioned in, not mentioned by Jason Light or anybody right. in the media in general out in public been mentioned as possibilities of guys that the Bucks might use franchise or transition tags on. So you can look at you can pinpoint that date. I would say March 10th or in the days leading up to that because that's when that could happen and and that's when you could get some answers because remember you can probably recall what um, what uh, Bruce Herring said in his final press conference. Got some Buck fans over here. Hey, nice. Uh, I love what it. What Bruce said in his final press conference. Uh, after the season when he was asked about that. Well, first of all, he walked in the press conference and in his preamble said, you guys can save your breath because we're not going to have anything to tell you about right. Jameis right now. Of course, that's not what happens in a press conference. That's the media is still going to ask. So of they course. did in a variety of ways. They're like, oh, of course. Okay, now we I'm will not, never I'm bring it up again. not even saying that's a bad thing. That's yeah. a job, right? Yes. So, and Bruce, I'm sure, knew that. And yes. he answered the questions politely and everything. So it wasn't tense or anything, but he told them, they're like, a, basically asked them a timetable that says, how long is it going to take you to evaluate what you want to do with Jameis? Because they're going to take some time and look at every bit of information, right? Well, he said, we could probably know in a few weeks. And it's been a few weeks. So there's a decent chance that the Bucks brass knows what they want to do with Jameis. Now, it's a two-way street, right? right? Yes, uh, Even if you do a franchise tag, it's still somewhat of a two-way street right. to get a deal done. So then he said, but there's no reason for us to really make that public mm -hmm. for leverage purposes. So... Why would the Bucks say anything about it between now? So the first thing that the Bucks are going to say about it, possibly, would be to put a franchise tag. Right. And and remember, that's not necessarily the end of the game. You could put a franchise tag on them, but then before a free agency, you can come to a deal and you can take it off. Right. Uh, you can take it off afterwards, but then they become a free agent. Or you can re-sign them after the date, but before they ever sign their franchise tag. Right. So there's... There's all kinds of options. Some, lots of times franchise tag is just used as a, as a method to extend your window of negotiating with a guy. But to make, well, after, it's too late to make a long story short because right, we're yeah. talking for about five minutes about this. But to summarize it in a short way, I wouldn't expect to see a lot of information on, on from the team at least on what they're going to do with Jameis or Shaq in particular, especially Jameis. Now, you're still going to see tons of speculation. I've already seen from media members you would recognize, national media members, I've already seen reports both saying the Bucks have decided to definitely want to continue forward with James Winston and the Bucks have def definitely decided to move on from James Winston. I've seen both. Right, of course. So Which, it's hard to know what to really believe, right? Right, yeah, of course. Um, and then, of course, you know, the draft, the other big question we're always getting this time of year and the top priorities and who do you think in the first round. And I thought overall, you know, we, we haven't picked as late as 14 in quite a while since OJ a few years ago so yeah so I wanted to see kind of your thoughts on how that changes the way to evaluate that first round pick in particular of affecting the idea of need versus best available yeah. and is that different than when you're you know in the top five yeah. or even ten maybe I think coaches are always gonna say and GMs are always gonna say we draft best player available with need in mind especially in the first round right as you get farther in the draft I think you do more just a that's the best guy left on our board kind of thing. right but I just I always take it with a grain of salt when a team's executive says, yeah, even in the first round, we're taking best player available. Mm -hmm. That's not really the way it works. You right. know, if, you, if you just re-signed your quarterback to an $80 million deal and uh, 
the best player available is a quarterback, you're not taking the right, quarterback. Exactly. Right, exactly. That's a great Probably. point. Probably. So um, I think, okay, in terms of where we are in the draft, you always want to be picking last or late because that means right, you had a means great you season. Did well, yep. But then once you're past the disappointment of a bad season, it's pretty awesome to be picking high. Right. Wouldn't have been able to get a player of Devin White's caliber at 14 last year, uh, probably. So uh, it, right in the middle, though, can be interesting because if you think back a few years, I think three years to the O.J. Howard year, I don't think a lot of us saw that one coming because he was projected on most mock yeah. to be around 10th pick. Didn't seem like he would last to 17. Yeah. Right? So uh, it's a little interesting in terms of we could get a surprise, you know. But that being said, and we've been asked about this a few weeks in a row, and I'm going to be redundant until I change my mind or get information. <laughs> or until the draft the happens, way, yeah. I still think based on what's available, the position that's deep and what the Bucks could use and what they haven't drafted in a long while is offensive linemen, especially like a tackle. Okay. Right? So I still think that's a great idea. And then I'll also say we'll have a better idea after the first few weeks of free agency because I know we would love to get Shaq and JPP and Indomitian Sue and Carl Nassib and everybody. We'd love to get them all back, right? We'd right. love to keep that front seven together, and maybe we can't. Yeah. But if you can't, and you may have more of a need at defensive line or outside linebacker than it seems right now. And yeah. That, that could go up in terms of importance. It's always interesting how we talk about this time of year, how – in so many ways, it'd be easier to do the draft before free agency because then you could figure out who you a could get in the draft. Think, a lot of people around the NFL think that's the yeah. way it should be. Uh, yeah, I would kind of agree with that because you have, you have no idea who you're going to be able to get in the draft. You have at least a better idea of who's available free agency-wise. So you could do the draft and then fill in the holes exactly. with free agents. Yeah. So knowing that that's unfortunately not how it is, how what are the things that you feel like are going to be the most indicative of, of this free agency of – how much is the, the the depth in the draft going to affect what they do in free agency, or how yeah. you know how how are they sort of going to influence each other always, this year? That's always part of it. I think your point is really good. That you can have an idea of what you're trying to get in the draft, but you can't guarantee yourself you're going to get it. Right. I think back a couple years to when uh, we had we doubled up on a couple positions. I'm I trying to remember what that was, but we drafted and signed guys in free agency that were pretty much the same. Let's see, it would have been. Cornerback, maybe Brent Grimes. We we signed Brent Grimes right. in free agency, but then drafted Vernon Hargraves. Right, and uh, and then I think in the second round we did kind of the same thing. So, um, y you know, you can you can do a, a signing in, in free agency with still in the mind of we might still hit that position. Right. And I could see that with offensive linemen potentially, but probably in terms of a more like an Earl Watford signing. Remember last year, right. Earl Watford made a lot of sense. He was uh, a guy that that. Um, that Bruce knew from having worked with him before. He's a versatile guy that you could plug in a couple different places. And we brought him aboard, and I, I believe at the time said, yeah, he'll get a chance to compete for that open right guard spot. But even if that doesn't happen, he's a great versatile guy that we can use a lot with. And that's ended up being exactly what it was. So it was a it was a signing that made sense, and it, it produced what it was supposed to, right? Right. You could do that again this year, potentially along the offensive line. And there's a number of guys, I was just looking at the tackles uh, last week, for an offensive free agency primer thing, offensive tackle, and there are some some decent names out there. You know, some of them are um, like Jack Conklin, the the Tennessee guy. Tennessee's offensive line was fantastic right. this year. Conklin had had some injury issues and some ups and downs, but a former first round pick, I think, like 12th overall. But he just had a very good year, and now he's a free agency. That guy's going to get paid, like the right. way Ryan Jensen got paid, right? I don't know if the Bucks would be in the market for that when you already have big contracts on Ryan Jensen, Ali Marpet, and Donovan Smith, right? right. So 
it's it's a little hard for me to envision that when you can also look at the draft, and this kind of gets to the question you started with, when you can look at the draft and go, man, it sure seems like I got a good chance to get a tackle in the draft, and that's price controlled for four or five years. Right, right? which so is huge. That would surprise me if the Bucks dipped into the highest level of offensive line, even though I do think that that's that the Bucks think building from the front is very important. But mm -hmm. you've already got three big contracts there, and you have maybe 90 million or whatever, 95 million in cap space headed to March 18th. But will how much will you have if and when you sign James Winston, Shaq Barrett, JPP, etc. Mm -hmm. So. Um, it wouldn't. It would seem to me like a year in free agency where maybe you get one kind of splashy signing, but more like the depth kind of signings we did last year. Remember, we're talking huge about Shaq Barrett right now, and he's going to get a big contract. But that was that wasn't a huge contract last year. That was more of a hey, these are some value signings, right. which it totally proved to be. I mean, that Shaq Barrett signing was as good as it could possibly get, with one exception. It's too bad it wasn't three or four years, right? right. But that's not the situation he or the Bucks were in a year ago. Right? Yeah, it's that's a, totally a great point. Different yeah. free agent at this point. So there's a lot still to be decided between now and March 18th. Um, but I would think it'd be more of a value type of plunge in free agency. Would be yeah, my guess. that's a great point. I don't know how much of that related to the original. Yeah, question no, but that's me. but that's. I mean, I feel like that hits perfectly to how kind of convoluted it is of how like we just kind of got into the, the <laughs> yeah. difficulty there's of being a, Jason Light. Of there's a lot of factors. There are. There's the, so many factors. The Jameis one in particular is just so complicated because. We we don't know yet which way the Bucks are going to go, but that's a huge question: which way they're going to go. But if you decide you are going to resign Jameis, then we're talking about a really big contract. You just whatever you think of Jameis and his 5,100 yards and 33 touchdowns and 30 30 interceptions, wherever you fall on that, on how much you value all of that, he's still a quarterback that's going to be paid a lot of money mm -hmm. by either us by or somebody. somebody yep. right? And I don't know if that's 20 million or 30 million, but that's all a lot of money. Uh, yes, that's it not is. Check Barry. I think it was a one-year four deal. This yep. is a much more complicated it contract. Is. A minute ago, they were playing a song that said "Walk It Out," and I thought that meant the players were going to be walking. No, out. yeah, and I it didn't happen. I thought so they'd be out here by now. I think the fact that it's so cold is making They're them go, "You know, if I don't have to be out there." And something tells me there's not the same rules at Pro Bowl practice where if you're late, yeah. you get fined. I think you'll be all right. I think you'll be all right. So I think the guys are probably sitting in there until the very last second. So I, unfortunately, I think we're going to end up having to wrap it up before there's too many guys that are out here. Before we do, I like this kid's sign over here. He's yes. got a my birthday checklist. Him and his dad are all decked out yep. in San Francisco gear, but his last checklist is meet Drew Brees. That's interesting. Huh? Yeah, that is and pretty I, funny. And you were talking about what the Pro Bowl is all about. You mainly were coming at that from a player standpoint, but from a spectacle and a and a place to visit, and a lot more people can come now that it's here in Orlando and not Hawaii, right? Right. It's kind of cool for all these people. The, the interesting part about this atmosphere is just going like this and seeing virtually every every NFL jersey. Yeah, every right? every team, every jersey and the fact that they even if you're a fan of one team, you really appreciate yeah. players on another and, yeah. and get excited to to see them and and guys yeah. you don't get to see all that often. I mean, it's not like you play all the teams every year. And this year. kid's not going to get any autographs from the 49ers for obvious reasons. Yeah. But apparently he's also a big Drew Brees fan, so he should have a chance at that. A lot of guys come over here and sign autographs. That's a great point. So it's a really cool atmosphere. It just happens to be also a really cold atmosphere. Yes. Which is why we think the players are, are not, not out here yet, yet which We're is out so here sad. Suffering. But you know, we'll just have to make people stay get that <laughs> get that much more excited for the rest of our Pro Bowl coverage. There you go. So, what else uh, are you gonna be doing? So yeah, I'm doing a vlog, so make sure you stay tuned for that. That's I'm gonna be following cool. Shaq everywhere, which is gonna include, we believe, going to Disney itself. Nice. So I think I'm gonna get to get some footage of him with his family right. at Disney. Well that makes us even then. I got to go to Hawaii and you're gonna get to go to exactly. Disney. Exactly. Right? See, We're mine is now. the happiest place on earth. So <laughs> there you go. Well that's gonna do it for us here at the Pro Thanks so much for being with us, and we'll see you back here next week.